Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Power Podcast. I'm excited to share with you the story of Rick Ostroff. He is the president and CEO of Ostroff Associates. He is a CEO, leader, husband, father, and a local philanthropist. This is when two worlds that are from complete opposite ends of the spectrum collide because of the power of connection and our community. It's small bunny. We always talk about how just it's we're so grateful to be in a very connected world in Albany. And Rick it has an incredible, powerful story that I want to share with you. He's been working in government and politics for over 40 years, and he founded his firm in 1995 and since then has provided so much leadership and expertise to his clients through New York State. So please take a listen. I hope this resonates with you. And uh, hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Power Podcast. I'm very excited for today's special guest. His name is Rick Ostroff, and he is an incredible, incredible person in our community in Albany and very much well in our in the country. So thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Yes. So talk, let's get right into it. Tell us a little about yourself and how you got to where you are today. And, you know, the figure you are in Albany, in our capital region, how has that come to be? Well, I'm born and raised. Um, one of the few who really has never left, but we spend a lot of time in New York City working. But I was born, um, my parents lived here, and my dad had a carpet business. So I grew up in the middle part of Albany, um, off Buckingham Drive by a little pond, and we had a really nice life here. Um, I walked to school, I walked to get lunch when it was lunchtime at school, walked back home, and I never really left. I was an ice guard at um, at the South Mall down here during high school. I ran elevators at night to help pay for college when I went to SUNY Albany. And then I started working for Mario Cuomo, which was really the change in my life where when you get to work so closely with such a brilliant person who's so passionate about what he does and what he believes in and um, really wants to make a difference, you start thinking about your life and what you're doing and how you're operating. Mm -hmm. So I'd worked for the governor for 12 years And when we lost in 1994, I started my business, my lobbying firm, which we've been doing this now for 28 years. Mm. And um, part of the core values of our company is giving back into the community and doing things for the right reasons, Mm -hmm. which is something that was so important to him um, and so important to my parents. Uh, When I was growing up, My parents were very active in the community. If my mom had been born 30 years later, she would have been a CEO of a company, I believe, not a president of an organization Mm -hmm. um, or a chairperson of of a large charity here. But we were always brought up to give back Mm -hmm. and to be part of the community. And as I think back, a, a lot of what was instilled in me at the dinner table was not oh, that person has a second home or that person has a second car. It was, did you know that person's involved in this organization? Mm -hmm. Or did you know that person's involved in this organization? And you'd kind of ask questions of why. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have conversations of community. And then when I went into government, so much of my government work was to make the state better, to make the community better. Mm. So it's, it's been a nice ride. Yeah, and that's what 
that my first connection with you that that was it right there was seeing everything that you've done in our community and just the connection when Chantel um, who is a high school friend and this is why we call it small bunny yeah. right because it's like the what they say the six degrees of Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. but it's like that in, in Albany um, the the networking it's the power of networking and it's the simple uh, just asking of a question or of a reach out so I'm grateful that Chantel made a connection and when I was running for and we'll get into this uh, later in the podcast with when I was running for LLS we never got to formally meet and I didn't know your background and connections with that so I'm very grateful for the connections from DK Chantel and learning about even just your past, when you said Buckingham Pond, you know, automatically that, that hits home with me and my family with the Lombardos. And we had, and for you to know, you know, and go back to Albany and know what it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, that's, it's important to me. And, and that's where right away when, when we met, I'm like, okay, let's, let's learn more about each other and see, and, and, and see what unfolds from this. So, um, when we're talking about, your firm, you said a turning point with um, Governor Cuomo. What, what was that like? I'm, I, and I'm not, and I ask because I'm not into politics. It's something that it's it's an uncomfortable conversation for me because it's something I've never been passionate about. But I respect that so much. And if that was the turning point in your career, you know, what was it like to for him to to lead you and to be a, a I guess a mentor in your in your he, path? He was probably the most principled person I've ever worked with or um, really been able to get that close to. At the time I started working for him, he was a new governor. Um, He was a dad from Queens, New York. They moved up, they moved the station wagon up from Queens. I was close with his kids. Um, And he just believed. He believed Mm. in things. He believed in uplifting people. Um, He believed in trying to make things better. Mm -hmm. And people could debate whether some of his ideas were the right ideas or the wrong ideas, but I used to always say nobody could ever debate the fact that this man woke up every day thinking about how do I make New York State better? Mm-hmm. And very demanding, you know, hard to work for, yeah. but just a wonderful man, and the principles that he believed in were core. Mm-hmm. You couldn't trade that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that so much in politics today that you see everywhere on the national level, what just went on with the speaker fight in Washington, people are trading this and trading that, yeah. and a lot of it's their beliefs, mm-hmm. and we did not do that, mm. and it's something that stayed with me all these years that I think really helps form a lot of the basis of what we do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. So that's that's a lot of that, that belief, and it goes back to the belief of here in Albany. So, and what we want for Albany, and you've been a big part of those core values and your mission of helping, and you're and it's and it's separate from what you do with your firm. So let's get into that um, a little bit. And I, the first one, the how we were connected was through LLS. Let, talk to me about the reason and your and your passion for LLS and how you got into it. Uh, about 10 years ago, um, my wife's sister, um, Nicole and Larry Treen, sister and, and brother-in-law, had a derby party to raise money for LLS. And I went with Diana and I said, you know, I think my parents 
were involved in LLS, but I really didn't know how or why. And at the time, I found a newspaper story um, from 1968 in the New York Times, in the New York Knickerbocker News, about my parents getting an award for volunteerism for what they did for the Leukemia Society. And in it, it talks about an illness I had as a baby mm -hmm. that I was never aware I ever had. It was never discussed growing up. Mm. Um, but my parents in 1963 actually started the Leukemia Society here. They were part of a group of people who came together. And my mom is quoted in this newspaper story talking about how she really didn't want other families to have to go through what my parents went through. Mm -hmm. um, I had spent the first three and a half years of my life in that of Boston Children's Hospital. They thought I had leukemia, which was fatal at the time. And it turned out after a number of years, I had a different blood disorder. And um, my parents couldn't work hard enough to give back to the community and to LLS. Mm. So um, fast forward, um, we were at the party. I read the story. I decide I want to run for Man and Woman of the Year. Um, we set records and what record, year? What year was this? Two thousand and sixteen. Okay. Um, Bill Leah had had run the year before me and had won and set a record. And the amazing thing about our community is every year it seems that new records are being set. Mm -hmm. And it's not about the winning; it's about the money that's being raised. Mm -hmm. um, I became chair of um, our local chapter about five years ago. Um, 50 years to the month that my mom stepped down as chair. Wow. If you can believe that. Yeah. And um, I just love it. It's a passion. It's something that we've really worked hard in the community to grow. Um, and there are just so many great people involved. There really is. And when I was approached to run for Woman of the Year, I had sort of a... I wasn't, you know, everyone, I felt like, oh, all the candidates have connections and there's a reason why they're running. And for me, it was just, I love giving back and I wanted to find something bigger, mm -hmm. even bigger. And, 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 and to raise money, this was something out of my comfort zone in on a longer trajectory of of this, you want to say competition, but it really isn't competition because everyone was working so well together. And although I ran during the pandemic year and it, and, it ha and there was different, um, and there was some limitations to some things, the energy and the camaraderie and the just the sense of community all around was incredible. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be continuing to be a part of it. And so with your, um, I guess, you know, with your involvement, and like you said, everyone keeps breaking records. How is is there going to be because the Albany chapter is also Vermont? Do you find do you think it's going to be on a you know uh, separated because it's getting so big and for a good reason? Well, through the pandemic, um, the Leukemia Society nationally went to regional chapters, mm -hmm. which we fought very strongly to keep our local chapter. And um, it, it was worth the fight because yeah. people have come together so much. Um, Adam Neary uh, raised over a million dollars this year in the man and woman competition. Mm -hmm. He was the national champion. So he raised the most money in the entire com country. Wow. For Light Tonight Walk, we raised $750,000 this year. It's um, Bill Lee and I co-chair it. 
we had the third most sponsorships of any walk in the entire country. So we're doing amazing things here, mm -hmm. and people are, are realizing the great work of the Leukemia Society, um, the great services that they provide mm -hmm. to patients and their families, and just we're getting close. We're getting closer to a cure, and um, you know, people talk about someday but I think someday it's going to be sooner than we get it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's amazing. I, you never, I never realized how many connections mm -hmm. uh, we had, I had with people who experienced a loved one or themselves. Even just in my small community of three hundred to five hundred people, over, you know, maybe a thousand people over the course of six years, but to put it out, like you have to put work into it. Now, when you're running, that was. That was one of the most challenging things I've ever experienced. While and it's and you're volunteering over the course of how many weeks is it? Is it seven se weeks? Seven weeks. Okay. So now, what was your biggest accomplishment when you were when you ran? Because um, you really had to think outside the box. Well, I, I had a campaign manager, Kaylee Borden, from my office. Okay. Was my campaign manager and. Um, it was kind of us and Diana and a couple other people around here who helped. Mm -hmm. So everyone does it different. Some people have a lot of big events. We just came up with an idea. You have to have a good team. Which was, to we sold um, tickets. That was the, I forget what we call it. It was the great greatest sporting event mm -hmm. th things you could get. It was tickets to um, Churchill Downs, tickets to the World Series, tickets to Giants oh, game nice. and Jets games. Yeah. And we came up with a list. We knew we wanted to raise over $100,000. Mm -hmm. So we came up with a list of a couple hundred people who we thought would be willing to at least consider yeah. paying $1,000 for a ticket. Mm -hmm. And that was our whole strategy. And it was very under the radar. Nobody thought we were going to do anything. It's those, those little conversations that you were having. Mm -hmm. Here I am like, I'll give you a free membership. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My scale was so much smaller, but I was so proud with my team, and we raised almost twenty five thousand dollars. And but the larger scale too, like and that's the thing. It wasn't a comparison. Who? Because I was running with um, uh, when uh, I going blank of um, Bridget. Bridget, Bridget, yes, and she has such a deep, heavy connection with her, you know, with her reason and her why. So um, that was, it was really one of the most fulfilling, experience, challenging experiences. And you really do have to have a good team. I'm excited and looking forward to being on the other end and supporting and helping and finding other candidates for, 2000, for 2023, which is it's soon approaching. And, and we talk a lot, it, it's, well, everyone wants to win. Mm -hmm. The important thing is what the group of people who are running raises, and goal. it's the yeah. group. And mm -hmm. after the the winners were determined my year, we only talked about the gross number that everyone raised. Yeah. We never talked about what we raised mm -hmm. or this person raised. It was the group raised six hundred and I want to say eleven thousand dollars, which wow. at the time was a record. Yeah, and it's a lot of money, and it mm -hmm. and, and it does so much good. Mm. So yeah. Well, I think, thank you for sharing that and how that goes back is just, that's, that's it's crazy. It is kind of crazy. Um, so when we talk about giving back, LLS is one of your 
one of your biggest proudest and and uh, you know a lot of your time goes into that what else do you love about being a part of your firm and what you can do and how you've used those connections uh, with giving back in our community well I mean as I look at our community there were so many great philanthropic families and people long before me and you think of the Golubs and the Maseries and what John Nigro has done all these years and what the Leas do um, so you kind of look at yourself as a small part of something that's much bigger than what you're trying to do it's, mm -hmm. it's the community that we live in mm -hmm. um, so food insecurity is one of the issues that are really really important to us mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart that in 2023 that there are people in a very beautiful upstate community that need help with healthy meals. Mm -hmm. So there's two organizations that we've been very supportive of. One's a Southland Children's Cafe, uh, which Tracy Clark started about seven or eight years ago, I believe. Um, Tracy and I actually went to high school together, mm. and I think she was very advanced and I was very slow, so we <laughs> kind of ended up there at the same time. But she created Southland Children's Cafe, which is this mecca of safety, of education, of providing healthy meals to people in the South End. Mm. And it, her heart is just amazing what she has accomplished down there. Um, we also got involved in um, Feed Albany. Mm -hmm. And Feed Albany got started when all the restaurants in Albany got shut down because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Dominic Panormo and a couple other um, restaurant owners decided they were going to feed the restaurant workers who lost their jobs. Mm -hmm. And you think, like, who thinks when your restaurant gets closed down mm -hmm. and you have no money coming in, who thinks, well, how do we help all these other people mm -hmm. now who are also mm -hmm. in the same boat? And it was such an amazing cause, and we got very involved with them as well. Mm. That's that's just a different type of leadership, mm -hmm. of you know, using those. It's not even skills. That's just character traits, you know, of during that time. And you know, when I when I think, I, I remember seeing that everywhere on the news, on social media, and how much of an impact that made our capital region. And I remember when. Um, when DK moved here, mm -hmm. when Dwayne Killings moved here, and and I said to him, you the one thing you will find out very shortly about our capital region in Albany is how much everyone supports one another. It's very family oriented. It's very supportive of one another. Um, so, and I, I I say it a lot because I am just like you, born and raised in Albany, left a little while for grad school, came back uh, because of what I want to do more. Yes, my gym is a is the core of starting that with some people, but I want to expand it more. And we see it happening, but there's so many things that are happening that people don't know about. So the South End Children's, um, I, wasn't real, I wasn't aware of that. And it's just more about education awareness. And this is why I love having this platform with the podcast is so people can learn more about you and what you're doing. What else is out there? How can people help in the community and give back more? Because ultimately, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe that. That's like everyone has a gift. And how do we really just take advantage of those opportunities to do what, you know, to be able to give those gifts to other people and lead? So, you know, going into that, um, what has been, you know, some of your proudest and biggest accomplishments over the course of, you know, between your personally or professionally and both? 
Well, I think having two boys that are grown and are both doing well in life and they're both on um, tracks that are not the most conventional tracks that some people um, would be concerned. But my oldest son, Jake, um, moved out to L.A. about seven years ago to be an actor, um, was having some success and the pandemic hit mm. and got involved in TikTok. And today he has over four million followers. He's on um, Instagram, on YouTube, on all the different platforms, and he's doing great. Mm. And he's still working on his acting career, um, but he gives back. And mm -hmm. when you see that, it just makes you so proud that mm -hmm. it's instilled in my kids as well yes. that no matter how successful you are, it's still part of giving back. Mm -hmm. um, my youngest son, John, is still playing baseball. He, at 25, he's just signed a contract with the Evansville Otters in the Frontier League, which plays the Hudson Valley uh, Valley Cats here. Mm -hmm. So he'll be traveling all over the country this summer. And they're getting to experience their, their dreams. Mm -hmm. And you hope that people get a chance to do that, that yes. at some point in your life you mm -hmm. get to say, I'm going to take a chance. Mm -hmm. I might succeed or fail. I always believed when I started my business that if I failed, I could get a job working at a restaurant or working at a fast food place and I would be the best worker and mm. I could be a manager and mm. one day own, you know, a, a restaurant or a facility. And I think part of it is confidence and, and not being afraid to fail. Yes. Um, I love it. I'm so glad you said that. It is definitely confidence and failing forward. Yes. I always say that to my, to my kids. Uh, they're so young and they're developing these these character traits and these skills and I really go back to leadership skills I'm talking to my to my eight-year-old almost nine-year-old and she's frustrated about missing all these shots in her basketball game and I'm like you're if you want to look at that as failing you want to fail forward and you just got to keep how are you going to overcome that so you know with your son who moved out to LA right before the pandemic talk about adversity mm -hmm. we have to experience that and that's only going to de develop the strength to be able to to be able to overcome more hardship that's going to happen it's going to happen right you know no, like we, there's we have always to good times and bad yeah and yeah. it's getting through it, it so for me i've always looked at the hard times as sort of preparing you for the better times yeah. mm -hmm. and not getting carried away when um things are really incredible in your life mm -hmm. like always having perspective mm. um mario cuomo used to always tell us when we were when we were very high about something he says remember the world is round mm -hmm. he would never tell us that when things were really bad mm -hmm. but when we were really doing well he'd always say remember the world is round and how you treat people at a time that things are going really well for you mm -hmm. is what people will remember mm -hmm. it's not you know you're doing really well so you can treat other people poorly mm -hmm. or get angry with people um it and, and it's true mm -hmm. and i i think um, Damar Hamlin has taught us over the last couple of weeks the mm. Buffalo Bill um, safety kindness yeah, and just bringing kindness back into the conversation of you have a football game and, and Coach McDermott was talking about how one minute before that tackle mm -hmm. we were trying to kill each other all we wanted to do was win the game that mm. was our only focus and all of a sudden something happens mm -hmm. and everyone comes together and everyone's being kind and everyone's trying to figure out the right path yeah. forward mm -hmm. 
And I, I think if more people can do that, mm -hmm. um, it doesn't, everything doesn't have to always be kill. Yeah, yeah. There doesn't have to be something negative or traumatic in order for that to happen, but that comes with experience and wisdom over time. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, and for leaders to step up and be able to voice and communicate that message, who's gonna be able to, to really do that. Um, so your personal accomplishments are your sons. I love it. That's two yeah. of them. Yeah. Two big ones. Two big ones. What about some professional, one of your top, your top professional accomplishments? Um, I mean, of? share we, it all. We worked on the Buffalo Bills new stadium. Um, so oh, getting that how funding was, done. How has that been? How was it's, that? It's just, it's so incredible to think of what this team means to that community. Mm. Um, and, and you think of the owners and it would have been much more lucrative for them to just go somewhere else in a better uh, climate. Um, mm -hmm. But they love Buffalo mm -hmm. and that team is the fiber of Buffalo and, and it's incredible. Um, we've worked for some major corporations and some very difficult issues, um, many reputational type things where if we weren't able to get their stories told um, or we weren't able to get outcomes, um, I don't want to say changed, mm -hmm. but, but work through outcomes uh, where some companies would really be hurt. Mm. And um, it, it's, it's, we have over 150 clients, so every day is a little bit different. And we represent very large corporations, whether it's Walmart or FedEx, um, Bank of New York, Tesla, um, the big four accounting firms. We, we represent a wide diversity. Mm -hmm. So every day it's something different with New York State, with the localities in, in our state, and just trying to represent our clients well. So before we get into your clients and your firm and your team, I do have to say this on the record because yeah. I have my studio manager is probably the most obsessed Buffalo Bills fan uh, that I've ever seen. And um, so when I told her that you had a part in <laughs> in the in the building of the, of the new stadium, do you get Buffalo Bills tickets? I can get Buffalo Bills tickets like everybody else online. <laughs> you don't have a box or something? No, no, but okay. they're, they're a wonderful organization to yeah. work with, and um, we, we enjoy it. Yeah. We, we're really proud to, to that, be representing them. Yeah, that's that's great. See, that's I wish we had something like that here in the Capital Region. I've never understood why the capital of New York State does not have a big sports team out of all the sports team in New York. Mm hmm and we have to it's like the capital region is split you have jets giants bills you know then you have basketball and and then you have baseball and how there's so many teams but for some reason why does the capital region have i mean do you know anything about well this? we had the yankees triple a team or yankees single a team so uh -huh. Derek jeter uh, bernie williams um, jorge posada all played here in albany they did they did they really? Did, really? Okay. As kids, um, they were no their way. first or second year, uh -huh. and the community just didn't support it. What? So goodness. We did not. It's just the community didn't. Wow. And it's you think about the Firebirds now. We have an indoor football team, yes. which I think does pretty well. Mm -hmm. We have Sienna and U Albany basketball, mm -hmm. um, which my wife is a proud Sienna grad. Uh, so. She loves going to Siena basketball. Yeah. And I am a proud UAlbany grad. 
Go and, Great Danes. And since uh, <laughs> Coach Killings has come to town, I've yeah. become a huge, huge old new basketball fan. Yeah. And everything he's trying to build over there. Mm-hmm. So we have pretty good competing forces that here. must be fun <laughs> <laughs> how was going to the cup i was away we were away also oh you Thank were away God. too oh Thank actually because i was not looking forward to that i was watching and i'm like oh this is close and that was I know, that's oh i'm so glad they brought it back yeah that really does help the culture of the capital region and that was a big thing we always looked forward to growing up i remember actually growing up too with the firebirds we had season tickets. It was so much fun. I mean, right around the corner from here, the streets were blocked off. And and then going into the Albany Empire, obviously I have tons of experience with Albany Empire. And that was, it was, what, ten to 12,000 people in a game. So Albany is capable of being consistent. I think that is the word I want to use with Albany and find that consistency of that fan base and and really supporting an athletic team. I mean, I could. That's that's one of my favorite things to do, and that's where I, we want to help our community more on that consistency of supporting our sports teams. Well, and I, I think the Albany Cup, when when Sienna men's basketball played you Albany men's basketball, brought so much to the community. We were talking about community before. Mm-hmm. Um, Coach Carm brought the entire Sienna men's basketball team to the Light the Night Walk. Mm. Coach Killings brought the entire U Albany team over to Siena mm. to the campus wow. to walk for the walk That's together. Nice. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of other things in the community. And people were so excited for that. I mm-hmm. think they had over 10,000 people at that game. Wow. And they said it was like walking into a Duke game mm-hmm. or a, mm-hmm. a big time D1 program. Yeah. And they loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the capability is there. Yes. The potential, we would say. And it's just a matter of everyone's still being kind as you said and coming together so let's go back let's go back now to your firm sure. with all your clients and your team so you how big is your team here we have about 33 people who work here now with us nice. um, about 20 plus lobbyists um, great great support team great uh, legislative team we're a little different that we have a legislative team that that brings together a lot of the um, memos and work that needs to be done and watches all the hearings and goes to all the meetings and provides a ton of information to our clients. Um, our lobbyists are mostly people who are either in government or in business, um, but always around government and very substantive. And uh, we just, we enjoy what we do and, and we have not many egos here, mm-hmm. which is always nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we work as a team. That's great. And I love it. Guys, this is Rick's first podcast ever with everything that you've done and accomplished. So I am very honored that you have stepped outside your comfort zone. But I'm also stepping outside my comfort zone and learning something that I always get really nervous talking about because I've never really, I've never been in it from even when I was a kid to growing up and learning, you know, here I am just. So now when you're talking a little bit about lobbyists and the government, what when a, a young professional is looking to get into this industry, how does that look like? What is the path, and what do you what do you advise? It, for me, it, it's it, it's got to come from a love of government to start, um, and an understanding of government. Okay. So most of the people we hire here, most of the younger people, 
were either in government or are in government and want to leave government. And they have that background, they know who the players are, they know what the information is, they kind of understand the field. Um, I don't think anyone grows up and says, I want to be a lobbyist one day, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. unless you understand what's going on here. Yeah. And um, But it, it really is just for us, people who love the substance, who love campaigns. Mm, okay. um, a lot of people work on campaigns and come here and you want to make a difference. And we're bipartisan, so we have people who believe strongly in the Democratic Party, people mm -hmm. who believe strongly in the Republican Party. And I, I think I'm getting um, to a point in life where, a, as a Democrat, you, mm -hmm. you want people to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. And people are so far left and so far right. Yeah. There, is a there is a center. There is, there is a center is, that, yeah. that is meaningful mm -hmm. and, and people who want to solve problems and mm. make things better. Got it. So I see what you're saying. So when you have your team of 33, 34 uh, people that are here and with different views and not huge egos, but be able to respect each other's pers perspectives and different, and different backgrounds. So yeah. we have people who are experts in environmental issues, experts in health issues, um, developmentally disabled issues. Um, mm -hmm. My wife, Diana, has represented businesses for over 30 years here in New York State. Mm -hmm. So we all have different expertise, and um, we've even represented the gym industry. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, but it, it's it's fun, and, and it's something different all the time. And taking everyone's strengths and putting it together, yes. complementing each, each other's strengths and weaknesses. It's like the puzzle piece. And I say that just about my small little team of, you know, there's five of us and who are full-time, but there's some independent contractors, and as you the leader of figuring out those strengths and who best works with this client, this client, is that how? So do you have your clients reach out to you when there's a need and then you fill that of in different departments within the firm? Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, we, we put teams together. Mm -hmm. um, teams are led by senior vice presidents who I would say have over 10 years of experience wow. in government relations and we have um, vice presidents who work very substantively along with the senior vice presidents. And we are just known for being a very um, thorough, substantive, thoughtful firm. Mm. And that makes me proud. Oh, that's great. There's, there's that professional accomplishment, guys. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, I, I remember when I was in high school and there was government class, I just was not completely focused and now I say government all of the stuff that I for me struggle with in learning or just a want you know to to learn more I think that's also initiative um I say to my kids now make sure you pay attention to the stuff because it's going to affect you you know as as you get older so now here I am you know running a business and you never know how decisions and laws are going to affect what you're doing, what my, what's gonna to happen to my children. And so this is why I love opening up these doors and never closing doors and being, you know, meeting in that middle of not, of, of there's a lot of black and white, mm -hmm. you know, mentality. Um, as you can tell, I talk with my hands a lot. <laughs> what's, well, we're gonna start the YouTube channel too. So and everything. <laughs> so, Let's get um let's get into talking about some of your clients and do you without I know you can't say so much um 
give us an example of like a big client and how without using names and how that this could potentially be impacting you know some listeners out there so small big clients from small clients uh big corporations to small businesses do you is that like a big range that you work with yeah Yeah? it's very large some of the largest corporations in the world um my first client uh is a company that makes tombstones um and believe it or not the death care industry in new york state is very regulated Mm. and what who can sell a tombstone who can sell a casket who can have a um, flowers it's it's exceedingly regulated which nobody would know yeah Um, Yeah. and we we took the industry um, 28 years ago and they're still our client today which is pretty cool that is cool very well Uh Um, and some of the large corporations whether it's tax issues whether it's them wanting to do something to help people in the state of New York and connecting them with the right people in government. Mm-hmm. So whether it, it was um, Superstorm Sandy and we had numerous clients that mm-hmm. wanted to distribute food and water huh. um, and, and help move things across the state because okay. so much, so many problems were happening. So it, it's all over the place that we are. Um, it, is it hard when you see things like the um, some disasters or traumatic things happening across the country. Is it hard to not want to be a part of it every single time? I and mean, just you with your giving back and just with what you do and your hands in many many pots, right? Uh, is it hard? Yeah, oh, to it's step very back? hard. Yeah. And, and to have been in government and been so involved in trying to deal with those crises. Mm-hmm. Um, every town uh, against gun violence is one of our clients mm. and. You know, it's just so heartfelt, and every time there's a shooting, it yeah. just impacts everybody, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and especially in Buffalo, when mm-hmm. there was a, a the supermarket sp- shooting yep, at Tops. It, it's some of the stuff is just so hard to wrap your head around, mm-hmm. your hands around, but we're able to impact it. Um, a number of our clients, including the Buffalo Bills, gave back a lot to the community mm. at that point. Um, Walmart and others, you know, were providing food and free delivery of groceries to people because the Tops grocery store was closed and the community became a food desert. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are those ways to impact crises and problems that make you feel good. Yeah. And, and, and they really are that part of the community that you want to represent so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's really pretty cool yeah that is and fortunate that you can be able to to do that and to be able to have people your team to be able to have Mm -hmm. that hand in that too and just opens the doors to even more things I think of every time there's been a hurricane down south and or uh you know just wanting to somehow give back and there's so many ways that we can do that and and then when I just think of here right in Albany there's more opportunities than we even know. I know we're back on the giving back, but it's just, I, I always just value that so much and it's underestimated the amount of ways that we can do that. Um, coming up in in February, we're actually, I do you know, you're a part of, a, or you're close with the Mackey Foundation, correct? We are, we yeah. saw Denise the other night. Oh, okay, um, yeah, Madison was just at the gym this morning and we're doing uh, another fundraiser charity challenge at the gym in, um, when she comes home in February. So, yeah, that's another one, how we got connected, and Madison was telling me about you and Diana. So that's just 
it, how it again, works. you started with Smolbany, mm -hmm. um, but there's just so many great people here in the community and people who are willing to, you know, stand up for things they don't think are right, people who are willing to give back, people who are willing to get out front on charitable issues, mm -hmm. and um, so many people supporting each mm -hmm. other, which is the fun part as you start doing more and more in the community and as we can pull more and more people into yeah. leadership roles yes. and philanthropic roles, yes. um, it, it's really um, very grateful that yep. there's so many good people here. Do you work with United Way at all? Um, we work with Peter some. Yeah. Um, we um, have been involved with Peter, yeah. It, his son was actually just in my daughter's dance class the other night and I texted him because he was moving those hips and like Peter he is actually making my <laughs> night so much but yeah see this is and if you know if for people who are listening and other do you have recommendations for for anyone listening who of who to reach out to or where to go or some things that um, uh, some ideas of how to you have to how to get involved believe in something mm -hmm. and you have to be passionate about something if you try to do something that you're not passionate about mm -hmm. that will come across to people yeah um so for me and for what we talk about here with everyone's find a passion i'm not going to tell you what organization you should be giving to mm -hmm. or you should be volunteering your time to or what board you should be on yeah what I will tell you is you should be involved in the community mm -hmm. and you should do things to give back. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're very um, blessed here. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I think that really is it, finding your passion mm -hmm. and, and then just reaching out to people in the community and Googling um, different organizations and, and, you know, you might get involved with one that you don't love and you'll find another, but you'll meet mm -hmm. somebody who's doing something right. else. Yep. And um, it's another organization here that, that we've um, just been get, gotten involved in the last couple of years called the Folds of Honor. Um, okay. Tom O'Connor does an event at his house every year. And it's an organization that provides scholarships to um, kids, uh, parents who are veterans mm. who were disabled or killed in um, any war. Mm -hmm. And Lee Bryce comes every year and does a concert, a free concert wow. in Tommy's backyard. And it is just one of the most heartfelt mm. events we go to each year now. Oh, that's gonna be and, really heavy. Um, yeah. it's, it's, and the stories that, that, mm -hmm. that the people tell. Um, but again, it's another great organization that just by talking to people and being mm -hmm. involved with people here you find. Yeah. And just getting involved is a key. I love it. So I see a lot of books in your office. And yes, we are in the most beautiful office on State Street. Ah, I can see the mansion and everything. This is nice to get out of my space. So thanks for inviting me here too. I see a lot of books. Um, is that, do you, like how do you continue to challenge your, your brain and your mind? And uh, do you, like, what is your personal and professional development? I love to read. I love to learn. Um, I love to be around smart people and just listen. Um, I, I've never been the smartest person in the room in my life, mm -hmm. and I think by listening and um, just trying to take things in from people mm -hmm. who have more experience in certain areas, 
Um, so, so reading is definitely one. Traveling, I never traveled um, before I met Diana, um, or at least traveled out of the country. My boys played baseball. We traveled all over the country for every baseball tournament you mm -hmm. can imagine, which I loved. And we went to spring training in Florida and Arizona mm -hmm. every year. But we've been traveling a lot, even through the pandemic. Mm. And just getting to see, whether it's Paris or parts of Italy, um, we were married in Greece. Oh, that must have been beautiful. It was very beautiful. That's on my bucket list. It's beautiful. Yeah, okay. And we'll, we'll work on your trip. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> tell you, you where to go and how to plan it. Um, but it's it's just getting out of your yeah. little area mm -hmm. and, and kind of experiencing. and um, The cultures. I remember when I moved, well, first, I remember when I moved out to East Greenbush over the bridge, and that was a big deal. You know, just to, not to stay right in the Albany area, but moving to, even to Philadelphia. And I loved it. So much culture and learning about it. And from the music, the food, the athletics, the the art. Uh, you know, I went to, I brought my daughter Bria last year to Puerto Rico. And every time we travel, we try to do like one or two trips a year. But I wanted to bring her somewhere even more different because we do a lot of stuff you know in the states and just to learn about other cultures mm -hmm. is is it really does help them help our children and others mature and and bring other like this is what's happening in our in our world in our country even taking my children in downtown albany in areas that might they might not feel the safest but to see this is what's happening you need to have a i want my children and others to have a bigger lens and and uh and again it falls back on giving back and seeing what you have and being grateful for for what you have and and it's that it's that it's being privileged too but then if when we're privileged how can we uh just be able to make that change and on, on a bigger scale and so um when we're talking about you know just to go back i just lost my train of thought because it's like i go this is what happens to me i go on my soapbox and keep going and bring it back to my kids um so we're talking about i want to go back to leadership and um kind of like talking about like with diver we're going to the diversity mm -hmm. how do you do, do you do any dei and diversity with your team and in with amongst your firm uh, we have i would say not enough um, I would like to be doing more. We're going to be doing more. Um, I've gotten very close with Walter Thorne hmm. um, at the Business Review, who's the editor of the, of the um, Albany Business mm -hmm. Review, who's just a great individual who cares very strongly about DEI and um, issues around that. And he's been such a breath of fresh air, I think, to folks here in our community. And... He's very good at making people feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but not in a not in a offensive way. Mm -hmm. In a way of I have to Challenge. think more yeah. about what I'm doing mm -hmm. and how I'm doing it. So it, it's it's something we we are doing a lot of here. But again, I I think if you really are, are looking to make a change and change the way things are in your organization. I think you'll always honestly never feel like you're doing enough because mm. yeah. you're, you're not where you'd like to be. Yes, I can relate. I feel that that's that, that's hard. And you can 
continue always having that that cycle of feeling that way um but then you have the team like a team that can really help you with that so when we have um with diversity also comes for me that i'm very passionate about and i've talked to you about this is women in leadership role and so when I, I believe you told me how many you have a lot of women who you know are in leadership roles here especially your wife mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about that um we have uh, many more women than men here um diana is coo here and she really manages um besides having an extremely large book with a lot of clients uh, manages a lot of the day-to-day operations of the business but she always talks about how when she started lobbying 30 years ago there were no other women who were lobbyists that all the guys on friday afternoon would say stay in the office we're going to go out and play golf and you can stay here and answer the phones for us and she said the hell with that and she went out and got golf lessons so when it was (laughs) time to play golf um, but she's seen the transformation and we see a transformation Mm. where there are so many strong talented women Mm. who are coming to the forefront in so many industries and I can't tell you how many CEOs we work with that are women that um, gravitate to Diana and a lot of the other women here who are very strong um, leaders in what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's really encouraging. It is. And it is for someone like me, too, where I've always felt I've had this this you know, perception of men in power, you know, powerful positions and whether it be in government industry and in fitness industry and many industries. So um, being around that and finding some mentors and women who are influential, influential in the community is extremely helpful. So I want to be able to let a lot of women listen to the podcast. So I want to be able to, you know, put that information out there. So and to know that there is, especially in this industry, and who they can come and talk to or who they can follow or find some inspiration. And that that's that's the hard thing. I, I struggle with finding inspiration in the fitness world with with women in leadership roles. Um, you know, and so how how do you challenge, I guess, how do you challenge that or how can you, how do you change that? Well, I, I mean, I think you just look at what happened last weekend. Um, the governor of New York, the first elected mm. governor, female governor of the state of New York mm-hmm. was inaugurated last weekend. And watching on Twitter how many moms and dads had pictures with their daughters with the governor and saying and I got to explain to my daughter today that she too can be governor one day and I I think that's great that's just how it starts Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. believing you can be anything you want to be believing there are no barriers to what I want to be and there are no defined roles I mean people should be able to advance based on their talents Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think we're seeing that more and more and more in government um, and on the DEI side of it, I mean, most of our legislative leaders now are black or Latino. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's a world that um, has, has transformed mm-hmm. in a way when you talk about three men in the room, and the governor did it yesterday, it always used to be three men in the room mm-hmm. making all the decisions. Mm-hmm. 
and it's no longer that. Yeah. And um, it's good. It is, and it goes back to exactly we're in the beginning mm-hmm. of our of our conversation of having that belief and having that hope and 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 those core values of and everyone individually but also as an organization or business or group should have those core values to to help you make those decisions and and cultivate that change with whatever change that you want that to be so with that do you have any advice that for any young professionals young entrepreneurs in and out of any industry any advice that you'd like to yeah, I, I think we touched on many of them. Um, one, be passionate about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, don't check a box to your life. You know, try to live your life. Try to live it doing something you enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, failing is something that happens. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to judge your life on fear, fear of ever failing, then why try? Mm-hmm. Um, and take chances. And you win, you lose, you get back up, you do your best to, to figure it all out, but without those experiences, you'll never know what life is really like, and success is not just about making money, success is about loving what you do, mm. and being able to, to change things in the world that you're choosing to enter. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that, that's nice. There you go, there you have it. So now, I just wanna end with a little couple this or that questions, like to end, our interviews with some this or that you choose one and uh, that's where we will close it out so this one is a three-part it's going to be Albany Schenectady or Troy for what dinner <laughs> it says for dinner you gotta choose one air, one area of the capital region Albany for dinner. <laughs> well for dinner would be for Schenectady di- or okay Troy. oh I like this okay continue for dinner where would you prefer well I mean Schenectady has great restaurants mm. now Troy pre-pandemic was yes. really yeah. booming in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. Albany were failing in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's something that kills me in downtown Albany that there's such a limited availability of restaurants of um, places to go at night now mm-hmm. so let's cross our fingers that's changing yes we yes hope so. yes okay stacks or star Starbucks Starbucks. <laughs> Downtown or stu- suburbs? Suburbs. Audiobook or podcast? Hardcover book. Hardcover book. <laughs> I see them all right here. It's beautiful. Albany Empire or Albany Firebirds? Empire. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice right now. <laughs> Sienna or Albany? I'm a UAlbany grad. I mean, I love Siena, yeah. and I love the the um, competition between the two schools. My wife, as we talked about earlier, is a Siena grad, Yeah, loves it. Um, but it, it's a great community when we have two great institutions that really help drive. I'm looking forward to the new facilities, too. Yes. And just you know, when I was a student there, they had the projection of new facilities back in 2004. Five, so I'm happy that it is getting done. I'm excited for it. Well, and I, I just if we're it's okay. done with the game. Um, for me, U Albany. I was never really attached to U Albany mm. after I graduated, and um, the athletic director now at U Albany, Mark Benson, mm-hmm. 
um, I met at Starbucks one day and I tell the story that there was this guy who kept looking at me at Starbucks and I was yeah. getting a little creeped out and I had a George Mason University t-shirt mm -hmm. on because that's where my youngest son went to college, a baseball shirt. So Mark came over, he told me he was at Vanderbilt and they used to play each other and we started talking and he's like, I got to get you back involved in New Albany Athletics. Mm. And I said, I've never been to a game. I've never had anything to do with New Albany since I graduated. Um, and he goes, well, I got this great guy who's joining us, who's a basketball coach, and I think you're going to love him. And I got to meet Coach Killings and his wife Anna mm -hmm. and their children and his coaches and players. And I really am like a fan now of New Albany sports. Isn't that so nice? And it's, yeah. it's great for the community. Um, it is. And, and they're working it, and yeah. just like Sienna is, but mm -hmm. it, it's nice for a change. It and it is. gives me something to be proud about you, Albany. Oh, that's nearly, that's really nice. I know. I just, I, I actually just wrote DK the other day and said congrats on that great win. Yeah. Couldn't make it because I, I actually was bringing Alicia to our AAU tryouts. So uh, it's, it's, there is tons of potential and just to see growth and that is and I always say to DK when he comes to the gym and it's just like that the overcoming adversity he is such a great great leader in that and developing these young kids that is a hard hard mm -hmm. job to do of, of developing young young men and having to play many roles so I appreciate you being a great Dane fan <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, oh, for the last this or that, um, I actually had something else I was going to say. Oh, are you more of a, I lost my train of thought. Last one is, oh, that's what it was, Buffalo Bills I had, or New York Giants, and I think we know that answer. Yes, Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, okay. Well, and that's wonderful what's happening right now. This is the, that's that's great. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Proud of you for, you know, Getting popping the it. podcast. <laughs> um, so until next time, everyone, power to the people.